Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Spoken by the Prophet Joel, Pastor Bob, here with the New Life Pentecostal Church, the Tell It Like It Is radio program. This is part of the Be Better Network, and uh, we want you to be better. We want don't want you just to feel better. This uh, program's never been about helping you feel good about yourself, but it's certainly about helping you become a better person, closer to God. That's really what it's all about. 
We are broadcasting live from Dickinson, North Dakota. So if you're picking us up, I know the people in Dickinson know that because we're coming across on 1230 a.m., the a.m. station here, like we've done for 18 years now. Uh, yeah, over 18 years we've been doing this. And then and then we are also live on the web tonight, kdix.net, and also live on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. And so you can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862, or emailing me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. The the uh, win, person that wins the award for the earliest text is uh, Jeremy and Becky from Bismarck that are listening tonight. That's 100 miles east of Dickinson. They're listening tonight, and uh, so you win the grand prize of being the first number one person to text in to the program, and, and they said nice things to me, so that even I should even give them a better prize than that. Usually most of the texts and, and comments and calls I get, the, the comments I get about the program from around town are always pretty positive for the most part. I do get some that are not, but uh, I uh, – and I do – because of the nature of the program, I can see that. I, I don't try to um, – and, and even tonight, the the issues that we'll be talking about, I don't try to just make everything nice and comfortable and so on. I, I um, As I said to start with, this program is not about you feeling better about yourself, but it's about you becoming better. That's why I was quipping that it's the Be Better Network. But uh, I, I really, I mean, I'm not going to talk about this. I've got two two topics to talk about tonight. And I struggled right up until just a few minutes ago on which one it was going to be. But the other topic, maybe I'll save it for another program, but but we certainly don't want to be surprised and find out on Judgment Day that that we're we're not right with God, and um, and so uh, you know that's my my desire not only as doing a radio show but as a pastor, as a speaker at the um, county jails, the different things that where I speak. My I guess my personal feeling is is I would rather tell people what they need to do now to be saved rather than um, having them find out on judgment day that they were not because I really do think that truly is the love of God to get, help people to get ready for to meet God in the studio tonight I have two fine young men I've got Abe Simons running the controls and I've got his brother Cooper Simons who is along just for a bodyguard for both of us in case somebody attacks us after the sir, after the radio show. He's a pretty strong <coughs> 10-year-old guy. He can throw calves and he uh, can wrestle calves. He can ride horse. He can do a lot of things. So, he's, But he's not going to play the guitar and sing tonight. But his brother, Abe, is going to play the guitar and sing it. By the way, happy Mother's Day. We've got Abe's going to sing a song by Court Chavis in a little while that that's just called uh, "If the World Had a Mama Like Mine." He does a really good job on it, and so um, we'll be doing that. But let me get into our scripture. And here again, you want to be part of the program? Text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Genesis chapter three verses six through thirteen. This is the very first um, drama in the Bible, really, between God and man. Uh, the first people that were ever created, of course, were Adam and Eve. This is a true story. Jesus believed this tr- story, and uh, and I believe it too. It says, in the, When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. 
and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Not like God didn't know, of course. And Adam said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And so here we read that there was only one command in the in this garden that God told them to stay away from this tree. And they disobeyed the command, broke that command, and ate of that tree. And And when the Lord talked to them about it, he asked them some questions. He said, has, has thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? And he, he asked them, who told you that you were naked? Now, Adam said, the woman that thou gavest to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. So he made an excuse here. And the, and the Lord went to the woman and she made an excuse. It was the serpent that tricked me. Now, what our broadcast is going to be about tonight is this. There's something missing in this story. There is a glaring omission to an obvious question that was asked by God to Adam. And there was an obvious glaring omission of an answer. When God asked Adam, what is this that you've done? And have you eaten of the tree that I commanded you not to eat of? God wasn't looking for excuses. He was looking for Adam to say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. And this program tonight is going to be about that. The power of these words, the power of a true apology, the power of truly, sincerely, uh, you know, being sorry. And we're going to talk about it as far as when it comes to our, maybe a little bit, when it comes to interpersonal relationships, but also mainly when it comes to God. You know, this this idea that when we're wrong, we need to truly ask for forgiveness and be sorry, to admit what we've done. Now, you know, let me just, before we have Abe play a song or do anything here, let me just, before I get to the part, the part I really want to get to is the part about true godly sorrow. But in marriage, this would go a long ways. Lately, uh, every Wednesday night at our church at 501 Elks Drive here in Dickinson, North Dakota, I've been doing uh, speaking on marriage, uh, different aspects of marriage. Uh, my wife has taken the women, and we've broken up into you know groups, uh, the women, the men, and uh, and we've we've uh, talked about marriage for four Wednesdays now. We've dedicated our Wednesday night service to talking about marriage, and we're going to do one more. This Sunday, by the way, this is a kind of in the way of an announcement. We're going to talk about, or this Wednesday, I should say, this Wednesday we're going to talk about child training and child discipline and child rearing. You're going to notice that children from from well um, 
orderly, disciplined homes turn out a lot better. They do a lot better in life. And we're going to talk about that because that's something that's really missing. And so uh, this Wednesday night at 7.35 on Elks Drive, if you've never been to our church, you've got children, you want to learn how to raise them. I'm not claiming to be the expert on it, but I do know the Bible teaches a lot about it. But anyway, in in this um, marriage teaching that I've been doing the last four weeks on Wednesday nights, you know, it's amazing to me how spouses many times cannot say that they're sorry or they can't say that they were wrong. And if they do say it, it's many times not sincere. They say it only because they're being forced to say it, uh, but they're not truly, truly sorry. Uh, and, and here again, this is not the entire program tonight, but there is a power in being able to admit that you were wrong or something you did was wrong, something you said was wrong, and then to truly ask for forgiveness. There is, there is a power in that. It's an amazing power. Uh, there are there are brothers that can't talk to their sisters this way. There are sisters that can't talk to their brothers. <coughs> Children that can't apologize to their parents. Parents that can't apologize to their children. And and you know what? I'm gonna, I'm going to tell you. Some of you parents, there are there. I, I believe in parents being in charge. Parents being in control. Parents calling the shots in a home. But if you're wrong about something, you need to apologize to your kids. Uh, when we've wronged somebody, there, there's a power in, a, in a, an apology. Uh, several years ago, about six or seven years ago, I was in a, a really bad motorcycle accident. My wife and I were riding our motorcycle back from Bismarck, and I was taking Highway 10. And uh, it was getting cooler, it was getting darker, and the sun was in my eyes. I was going west. I was somewhere around the New Salem area. And my wife, I came up over a hill, and my wife screamed, and she said, he's turning in your lane. He's in your lane. That's the last thing I remember. The last thing I remember hearing is the back of my motorcycle tire locking up, and uh, that was all I remembered. I was out cold. My wife flew over the top of this old man's pickup, and she skidded down the highway probably, I don't know, 100 yards. She was wearing a skirt. It's just amazing she even had a leg left over. After this, um, I I broke a vertebrae in my back, I, my shoulder, my um, hit my head real hard. I I really messed up my foot. My foot got foot got pinned in between the motorcycle and the car. Well, anyway, I was in the hospital, and this old man that that had turned in front of us. I was going about fifty five sixty when I hit him. This old man that turned in front of us had Alzheimer's disease really bad. Didn't really know what had happened, didn't know what he had done. And his son-in-law came into the hospital while I was in the hospital and wanted to see me. And he came up to my room and he apologized to me. He This is what he told me. He said, we should have taken my father-in-law's license away a long time ago. We only allowed him to drive from his, his little farm to our farm. And he only had to be on the highway for just a few hundred yards he said but we he said i came here representing our family and i wanted to apologize to you because he said because of us our negligence and letting my father-in-law drive just about got you killed well that meant a lot to me for several reasons for two reasons for sure number one is just that he would apologize for his family for this 
meant a lot to me. Secondly, in this age of lawsuits and suing everybody, uh, what he said was very, it opened him up to a, a giant problem, but he wasn't afraid of that. And of course, we didn't take advantage of that. But the, the, um, but there is a power in an apology. You know, and so maybe, maybe if you don't get anything else good out of this program, maybe, maybe you need to write a letter. Maybe you need to make a phone call and apologize to somebody for something you've done wrong. Now, that's not what our program is exactly about here, but I want to, uh, I'm, I'm going to have Abe line up a song to play on our song list here, but we're going to talk more in the rest of the program about how we should apologize to God for being wrong. This is the Tell It Like It Is show. Text me, 701-290-7862. Well, it was Saturday night and I just got paid. Got my pocket full of money, Lord, I had it made. I was looking for the dealer, he was looking for me. But I still owed him money getting high last week. Said and give me Let's do it again. I didn't care about the wife, didn't care about the bills, didn't care about the children. I just needed my thrills. So I laid down my money, I picked up my dough, I jumped in my car and rode down the road. I was looking for something, anything that was wrong. There was no hope for me because I was too far gone. Daddy said, what's the matter? She's sitting down in my soul, I feel an aching need. We gotta find ourselves together, need to intercede. Cause a boy's in trouble, I can feel the pain. So they drop to their knees in Jesus' name. The Holy Ghost fell like a rushing wind. They were standing in the gap once again. Standing in the gap, feeling my pain, interceding for me in Jesus' name. Hey everyone, Pastor Bob here. 
just got a text saying that we're not on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2 tonight. So I don't know if, you, um, if you're listening on Holy Ghost Radio, throw me a text, 701-290-7862. If, um, if you can hear me, maybe it's just on their end. But um, that does happen occasionally. But maybe uh, I know I didn't check my emails during that last um, that last break. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll we'll get right on with our program here. We're talking about the power of an apology. We started on our program and talking in Genesis how when when God confronted uh, when God confronted the Adam and Eve that He was looking for an apology. And and they um, and and they they just came up with excuses. You know, um, there is a uh, power in a, in a sincere apology. Now, there are people that make apologies that are not sincere. Uh, for instance, uh, we look in um, Exodus chapter nine, verse twenty-seven. We read the story of Pharaoh, and he. He called for Moses and Aaron. He said unto them, unto them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Entreat the Lord, for it is enough that there be no more mighty thunderings and hail, and I will let you go, and you shall stay no longer. But this was an insincere apology. You can always tell an insincere apology because the people will go on and continue to do what they were doing before that they were apologizing for. That's why a true apology, uh, I, I tell the story, I, I've told it um, countless times, of of the um, of a young man that was riding with me in a pickup. He was a, he was a, not a Christian man. He was a, In fact, he was a very violent young man, uh, loved to fight, and um, he was working for me, and I was trying to talk to him about what it means to repent. We were driving home from work in my pickup, and I reached across the seat and I slapped him in the face, backhanded him, and uh, and as soon as I did, and I and I ha- slapped him hard enough to make it sting, and as soon as I did, I told him, "I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry. Would you please forgive me?" His name was Verl, and he said he would forgive me. We drove a little farther, and I reached across and slapped him again in the face. And this time I asked him again, I said, would you please forgive me? I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm so, so sorry. He didn't say anything. And we drove a little while later in silence, a little while later, and I reached across to slap him again. And this time his fist came up and he blocked the slap. And he said, uh, kind of in his um, gang talk, he said, what's up? He had his fists clenched, and he was ready to go. And I told him, okay, now you just put your fists down, and I want to talk to you. And I talked to him about what a, a true apology to God means. If you're sincere, you're not going to keep slapping him. You're not going to keep doing it. Now, there's another type of an apology. Uh, this is uh, this is uh, uh, the apology of, of Achan. Um uh, the uh, in in the Old Testament there was a man named Achan that had I don't know if I want to get into the whole story but he had disobeyed the command of God and and he nobody knew that he had but through a miraculous event he was caught 
And, and in Joshua 7 and 20, Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. So Achan, the reason it didn't go so well for Achan, he was sorry, but he only was sorry because he got caught. This type of an apology I don't think means a lot to God either, necessarily. No, it can. It still can be sincere. But many times it's not sincere because the sincere apology would come from our conscience bothering us. Now, the third type of an apology that doesn't get anywhere with God is the, the apology that I, in my scripture, um, well, there was no apology with Adam and Eve, but Saul, King Saul in the Old Testament, this is not Saul of Tarsus, of course, King Saul, he, when he was confronted with his sin, he blamed somebody else. First Samuel fifteen twenty four, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And then in verse 30 he said, I have sinned, yet honor me, now I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me, for that I may worship the Lord thy God. And so we read here where Samuel or Saul was kind of blaming something else. He was like the people made me do it. So all of these types of apologies are not going to get you really anywhere with God. Just to say that you're sorry doesn't mean that you're sorry. And so I wanted to say that as a disclaimer here. Because when I talk about the power of an apology, the power of saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong, it has to be done with the right spirit. It really does. You know, um, and that right spirit is found when David, King David, when he was confronted with his sin, and there again, you could say, well, he was only sorry because he got caught, but not really. He was truly sorry. In 2 Samuel 12 and 13, David committed a terrible sin. He committed adultery. He, he had a man killed, an innocent man. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Uh, later on, 2 Samuel 24, 10, that David had done something the Lord didn't want him to. And it's, the Bible says, And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done, and in what I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away thy iniquity from thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. David took responsibility. He did. Um, th- there is, oh, I guess now we're on holy... Ghost Radio, somebody texted me. There was some people texting me saying, I'm not on Holy Ghost Radio tonight. But so if you're just tuning in tonight, um, I don't know if I want to back up and, and do the whole program over again, but, but there is a, uh, there is an, there is a power in saying and being sorry and saying and be, and, and telling the Lord that I was wrong. And, and of course, and even telling other people that we were wrong. Uh, just the the program is based on the very first story of of God's dealing with man in Genesis chapter three, and He asked Adam, "What have you done? What, what have you eaten of the tree that I asked you not to?" And instead of getting, "I'm sorry, I was wrong," he got, 
it was the woman that that you gave to me. That's the reason I did this. Now, there are example after examples of, of the right way to be sorry in the Bible. Like the prodigal son, when he came home, he came home on his own accord. He held nothing back. He, uh, he was truly sorry. In verse 21 of Luke 15, he said, The son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And so he took complete responsibility for what he had done. So what would stop us from being sorry, saying we are wrong? Well, that's kind of what the next part of the program is going to be on. Um, there is a, um, you know, there there is a there is something that that will stop us from saying that we're sorry and being truly truly wrong. And uh, the uh, I've got a young man named Cooper Simons. He's going to introduce his brother to sing. My big brother Abe's going to sing a song about a grand oh mom. Didn't join a feminist group Didn't trade her apron in for a suit She stayed home and raised my brothers and me Some people might call her crazy Some magazine might say she's lazy But I got some words I'd like to speak If the world had a mama like mine There'd be no more hate and love all the time And there'd be no kids sleeping in our streets if the world had a mama like mine, there'd be a lot more dancing, a lot more laughing, and abortion would be a word we didn't speak. If the world had a mama like mine, oh, oh, oh. if the world had a mama like mine. Now that I got two baby girls living in this cruel, cruel world, I thank God every day they got a praying mama. What an example to have A praying mom and a praying dad And I hope that one day they can sing this song If the world had a mama like mine Oh, oh, oh. If the world had a mama like mine If the world had a mama like mine There'd be more living and more giving And there'd be no violence in our schools if the world had a mama like mine, there'd be a lot less crying, a lot less dying, and the church would be more than just a place we meet. If the world had a mama like mine, oh, if the world had a mama like mine. Thank my mama 
for every prayer that she prayed. I want to thank my wife for the girl she's going to raise. If the world had a mama like mine. If the world had a mama like mine. If the world had a mama like mine, there'd be more praying and more staying in. We love our neighbor like we love ourselves. If the world had a mama like mine, we'd love one another and we wouldn't see color and the Bible wouldn't collect dust on our shelves. If the world had a mama like mine, oh. If the world had a mama like mine, whoa, oh, oh. If the world had a mama like mine. Man, that was, that's some good stuff there. That was Abe Simon singing a Court Chavis song. If the world had a mama like mine, sing it for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to everybody listening. If you're listening live, it's Mother's Day 2018. If you're listening to the podcast, of course, that's not true. But uh, this is uh, the Tell It Like It Is radio show being broadcast live from Dickinson, North Dakota, studios of KDIX AM uh, Dickinson, and we are on Holy Ghost Radio now. And so Brother Duran, one of the big cheeses at Holy Ghost Radio, texted me and uh, and told me that we're on, so... Um, good to good to be on. He's I, somebody said that some some sermon from because of the times was playing, and I couldn't believe they cut me out because of some some um, somebody's preaching because of the times. You know, I mean that you'd think you know Pastor Bob should take some kind of some kind of. <laughs> I better not say that. Anyway, I want to just answer say hello to some of the people listening tonight. We've got a, a young lady named Sky listening in Velva. North Dakota. That's must be where they make the cheese, and uh, and then we've got a, a young lady named Sierra listening in Arizona. Uh, we've got a not quite as young lady Becky listening in Belfield, and we've got the Schulers listening in Grafton. Carl and Jeannie listening up in Michigan, and Kathy Springer listening tonight. The Ramseys are listening, so thank you all for texting me. And uh, there's more. And I'm glad you can text me tonight, be part of the program, 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. We're talking about the power of saying I'm sorry, being sorry, saying I was wrong. Now, what holds people back, and I really want to get into this part, and I've got some time here, and I will. I believe that our pride and our stubbornness holds us back many times from apology. King Saul in the Old Testament was not a stupid man, but he was a stubborn man. Uh, And his stubbornness, I believe, made it very hard for him to apologize, to say he was wrong. When I think of the things that King Saul did in the Old Testament compared to what King David did, uh, it doesn't even seem like it's in the same category. David's sins seemed more severe, um, worse they seem to me. And I, I would just, if you don't believe that, I would probably love to have debate with you on it because uh, these are these are severe sins. I mean, these are sins that caused called for the death penalty in the Old Testament. 
But David was forgiven and King Saul was not. But King Saul never really asked for forgiveness. Without using that three little word that so many people use, the word is but. That's a big word, (laughs) but. It's a very big word. I'm sorry, but it wasn't my fault. I'm sorry, but if you knew the way I was raised, you wouldn't be so critical of me. I'm sorry, but she pushed my buttons and that's why I did what I did. There's no sorrow in in there when there's a but. <laughs> you need to get your butt out of it. You need to get the butts out of your your apologies. Uh, there is a First Samuel fifteen twenty three. Samuel told Saul, the, "For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, He hath also rejected thee from being king." I think God. You know, here again, don't don't run with this. Don't take this anywhere. Don't don't say that I'm a, a proponent for sinning or or that I'm light on sin or anything like that. I'm not. But I think God understands humanness. I think God understands uh, passion. I think He understands uh, stupidity. I think God understands a lot of things like that. But I don't think you're going to get anywhere with God if you're not if you're too proud to to. Admit that you're wrong and ask for forgiveness. I think the reason that people can't ask for forgiveness, whether it's with God or with others, is because they take themselves too seriously. I mean, can you laugh at yourself? Can you make fun of yourself? Don't take yourself very seriously. We need to take God seriously. But let's not take ourselves seriously. We are flesh. We are human. Romans 12 verses 1 through 3, Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, accordingly, as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Here the Bible says, those first two verses, very, very famous. Verse 3 is where I want to, really want to bring your attention to Romans 12. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. You know, we, we have a, a really neat thing going on here in Dickinson, North Dakota. The reason I always say Dickinson, North Dakota, is because one of my pastor friends told me, you need to tell everybody where you're broadcasting from because people don't know that Dickinson is in North Dakota. So I do that. But we, we our church has grown, and we outgrew our building. We bought a new building, and now we're filling that building up. We bought the former Elks building at 501 Elks Drive. That building will seat, our new sanctuary will seat about 500 people. Once we take the um, other movable wall down, when we get ready for that. And I'm happy about this. I'm very happy. I'm very pleased with it. But I'll be the first to tell you that I didn't do this by myself. We've got a lot of people in our church, many of the people in our church, that are actively reaching out, teaching Bible studies, home Bible studies, praying, and and just all around living the Christian life that is attracting these people to our church. I'm not, um, 
I'm not, I'm not um, going to say that I, I beat myself up over my preaching. I, I feel like God's given me a ministry and I can preach. I can explain the word of God. It's very, my preaching, my teaching is very simple. I, I know that. But I also know that this oil boom we had in Dickinson didn't hurt, hurt our church either. You know, for you that are listening out of state, we had a, a a huge oil boom here in our area that caused people to move in from everywhere. And not only did it cause people to move in, it caused other people not to move out. Because this area, traditionally, uh, we've always had a measure of growth here in Dickinson in our church. But you that are from this area know that many times the young people moved away for better jobs and so on. Well, people aren't moving away now, I'll tell you that, because there's good jobs here in Dickinson. And people are raising their families here. And many of the people, even though we're not really in a boom anymore, but many of the people that moved in are still here. And I realize that. It's not, you know, I, I, it's not that I'm the greatest pastor that ever lived or that's why our church is exploding. The other thing I want to say is the reason our church is growing is because God's favor is on it because we're preaching the Acts 2.38 message. You pastors out there that are preaching uh, Acts 2.38, which says, Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you're preaching that, keep preaching that, because you will have success. Because God is going to bless you. Hungry people are going to find you. Or you're going to find them, or whichever way it works. You know, I just got a text while I was on the air that we had, in the two services out at the women's prison, we had 19 ladies total in that service. In our service at the county jail today, we I bet we had 30 people in that service. Now, we're finding these people, and we're preaching the truth to them. So, you know, I, I want you to know that, um, you know, we're not in Dickinson thinking that more highly of ourselves than we ought to. There were things that happened here that were beyond our control. We had nothing to do with them, and they brought people to our city. And now we're seeing a great growth and a great move of God, and it's still going on, and I'm excited about that. But that's what Paul's talking about. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think soberly. Now, the problem is that people take themselves too seriously. They can't laugh at themselves. I was preaching at the women's prison a while back, quite a while back. I cracked a joke. A woman said she was from Jamestown. And I said, oh, are you from the state hospital there? Now, you that are listening out of state don't know this, but in Jamestown, North Dakota, is our state hospital. It's a gigantic psych hospital, drug treatment hospital, hospital for the insane, criminally insane. And so it's a joke when somebody says they're from Jamestown, you say, Oh, are you from the hospital there? That's just a joke. It's not meant to cause any harm. But this woman took great offense to that joke. She's taking herself too seriously. Now, I'm not for bullying people, and I'm not for picking on people that, and teasing people that, you, you know, if you find out they can't take it. Uh, don't, don't tease older people. Don't tease your elders. I mean, don't, um, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, and, and there are people that cannot take criticism. You have to learn that. Um, and none of us like criticism. But we have to learn to lighten up a little bit because if we don't, we'll never be able to apologize. We'll never be able to say we're wrong. It is so uncomfortable when somebody makes a mistake 
and everybody in the room knows they make a mistake, and they won't say or admit that they're wrong or say that they're sorry, but they'll come up with something else to cover what they did, that makes all of us uncomfortable. So it is extremely important not to take ourselves too seriously. Being too sensitive is pride. You know, who do we think we are anyway? My brother-in-law from Williston, who's a man I really love and uh, just we, we just get along so well. But he has, he has a saying that he's, I've heard him say over the years. He, he says, you know what dogs do to big wheels, don't you? <laughs> well, they pee on them is what they do. Like, who do we think we are? There's a man that uh, goes to Brother Booker's church out in California. He was, he was out working here for a period of time, and I met his family finally. And one of his daughters looked at me, and she said, I've never heard of you. <laughs> like, I'm not some preacher she ever heard of. We all got a big laugh about that. I'm a, I, I, when I get around people that take themselves too seriously, it makes me nervous. Uh, people that can laugh at themselves make me relax. You know, people that, I mean, you, you stand up and hit your head on the light. Do you, do, you, do you try to act like you didn't do it, or do you just laugh at yourself? Some people even become dishonest to defend themselves, when really all they need to do is say, boy, that was dumb. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I wonder how far we could get with God if we could simply say, Lord, I was wrong. With no buts in there. No excuses in there. Lord, I was wrong. I was wrong. I wonder how far we could get with our spouses and with our children, with our parents, with our brothers and sisters. If we could just say, when we're wrong, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You know, um, and, and this is the deal. This is why it's so hard for a person that can't say they're sorry or be sorry to be saved is because the Word of God itself puts our life in the spotlight. The spotlight of of the Spirit of God. The spotlight of conviction. The spotlight of the Word. The spotlight of even our brothers and sisters. Can we take it? Psalm 19.7, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. How does the law of the Lord convert the soul? If it doesn't challenge us. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. How could the testimony of the Lord make us make wise the simple if the simple are never told that they're wrong? The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Notice verse 12. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. You know, here. let me just, let me just uh, uh, talk to you just a little bit here. Over the years as a pastor... I preached, and I preach and I teach in our church all the time. That's what I do. And I get to know the people that come very, very well. And I know their shortcomings, and I know their their um, their good sides. 
But I'll be preaching something, and in my mind, I'll get nervous thinking this particular person or these particular people are probably going to be really mad at me after this service because of what I'm saying. Because I know the people. I'm not doing that to pick on them. I'm not doing that to single them out. I would never use their names. But many times, these same people don't even have a clue I was talking about them. This is what David was saying. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Now, this is what's interesting about this type of thinking. One day it dawned on me, these people have glaring errors and glaring, um, you know, problems in their life, and they don't even know it. Do I, I ask myself this question, do I have glaring errors in my life and don't even know it? Because who do I think I am? If they, they could do it, could I do it? Could you do it? See, the worst thing about taking yourself so seriously, this, and it's pride is what it is, is that we may not even realize what the problem is because we've got ourselves talking to this wonderful story about ourselves. Pride blinds us. And sometimes the people that have the least to be proud about are the proudest of all. Galatians chapter 6, verses 2 through 5 says, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let me just read that out of a paraphrase. Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. This um, this uh, is uh, a topic that, that um, I is, I'm hoping, this maybe it isn't that hard-hitting really, but don't take yourself so seriously. Learn to say you're wrong when you're wrong. Learn to say you're sorry. Uh, I'm talking to pastors listening to me tonight. You know, don't get defensive with people in your churches. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you said something wrong, if you did something wrong, if you could have done better with something, you know, I mean, like, do you want to stay right and see people lost? You know, I mean, even men of God get grouchy, right? And sometimes grouchy men of God maybe say things that are just not really the way it should have been said. Proverbs sixteen eighteen said, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Proverbs twenty five twenty seven said, It's not good to eat much honey, so for men to search their own glory is not glory. In other words, this verse is saying compliments are nice, but don't go fishing for your compliments. Got a lot of people texting and stuff here. Abe, are you ready to give out any information? Are you 
ready to do that. While he's getting ready to do that, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, we have we are started we are actively starting two new churches, one in Beach, one in Bowman. The New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson. Uh, we've got a outreach service Tuesday nights in Beach at the Beach Community Center every Tuesday night at seven thirty. A, a nice group of people that live in that area that love Jesus. They meet there. I don't usually go out there. Once in a while I go out there, but even when I go out there, I don't usually speak. I just go out there and be part of the service. But that's at the Beach Community Center Tuesday nights at 730. Now, this is breaking news. In Bowman, North Dakota, which is 80 miles to the southwest of Dickinson, we are starting a new church. A man and his family from our church, a minister from our church, moved there recently and uh, has started his business there. And now we have rented a storefront on Main Street in Bowman. And the first service will be 7.30 on Thursday night. This Thursday night, 7.30. And that's right on Main Street in Bowman. There's signs there. I think they're calling it the Cornerstone Church, if I'm not mistaken. The um, um, And I'll have more information on that next week when I come back on the air. But you won't be able to miss it because it's in a storefront building right on Main Street in Bowman. This Thursday night, there's going to be a bunch of cars there because a bunch of our Dickinson people are planning on going. And so we'll be going to that first, very first service down in Bowman, North Dakota. So um, Pastor Seth Springer will be the man starting that work, he and his family. And so that's uh, that's uh, something that's really kind of breaking, breaking news. Just uh, this is, uh, can I do this? Yeah, this is my show. My son Luke's opening a barber shop, and a week from Monday, he's going to have a new barber shop. This isn't part of the Tell It Like It Is show. I'm just doing this for him. Uh, but anyway, that's going to be on North Sim Street, right south of Walmart there. There'll be big signs up, and he's going to only be open Monday through Wednesday. So uh, you need your haircut. You go up there from 8 o'clock in the morning to 7 at night, Monday through Wednesday. Abe, hey, why don't you give us out some other information? I just thought I'd throw some of that in. Well, this is a Tell it Like It Is radio broadcast, and we are from the New Life Pentecostal Church. And if you would like to visit our church, we are located at 501 Elks Drive. Um, Sunday morning, um, there's Sunday school, adult Sunday school, and children's Sunday school at 10 o'clock a.m. And then at 11 a.m., there's a worship service. And uh, we would love to have you guys join us for that. Um, On Wednesday night at 7.30, we have a worship service as well. And, um, yeah, again, we're located at 501 Elks Drive. Um, right north of I-94 in Dickinson, North Dakota. If you'd like to get a hold of Pastor Bob Simons, you can call him or text him. His phone number is 701-290-7862. Or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. All right, and it's good to have um, the evangelist Vaughn Pearson listening tonight. I think he said from North Carolina or someplace. Uh, Morgantown, North Carolina. Good to have him listening. He just texted me. His dad, uh, Gilbert Pearson, spoke in our church today, so that's neat. Uh, His dad did a great job. His mom and dad are some very, very good friends of ours. And they were, he came to Dickinson and preached in our our, um, church here today, and we had a great, great service. Just going to sum up the program tonight, but the Bible says that we need godly sorrow. Because godly sorrow leads 
to repentance. And so to truly come to God, you've got to truly be sorry. And true sorrow, godly sorrow, is what leads us to truly repent. There is such a power in repentance. Because when we're sorry to God, First or Second Corinthians 7 verse 9, Paul said, I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it wrought in you, yea, what clearing of yourselves, yea, what indignation, yea, what fear, yea, what vehement desire, yea, what zeal, yea, what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Godly sorrow outside of faith is the very first step to God. To truly be sorry for your sin without the excuses, without telling God why you did it and and why you were right to do it and why you couldn't help doing it. You know, my dad died, so I started drinking. Well, that's not being sorry. I'm sorry I was wrong. Years ago, there was a little girl that my wife was babysitting. My children were very little at that time. And this little girl, um, my daughter had for a present, had gotten a CD player or a tape player at that time with a little radio. It had an antenna on it. And this little girl was told not to play with that. She was too little to play with it. Well, anyway, she played with it anyway, and she broke the antenna off. Well, my daughter was crying because her toy was broken, and my wife was trying to get this little girl to say that she was, to, to, she said, you need to say you're sorry. And she wouldn't say it. And my wife said, you have to say it. You have to say I'm sorry. And the little girl said this. She finally screamed out really loud, I can't say sorry. Now what she was trying to tell us is she didn't know how to pronounce the words. <laughs> but the problem was she just said it. <laughs> she, she meant to say, I don't know how to say the word sorry. But she said, I can't say sorry. She meant to say, I don't know how to say that word. Well, we really, my, my, my wife and the kids really laughed when she said that because it sounded so funny, you know, that I can't say sorry. Well, she just said sorry. Like she, but, and I laughed when I got home and heard about it. But really, it's not a laughing matter because if you can't be sorry to God for your sin, you're not going to go to heaven. Lord Jesus, as we close this broadcast tonight, I ask you to help our listening audience. Lord, I I pray that there is a pride that is very predominant in this area, Lord, in Dickinson and the southwestern North Dakota. Lord, it's the same pride that maybe these ancestors built this area with. But Lord, it's also that same pride that, that we just can't really say that we're sorry or that we're wrong. And Lord, I I pray that somehow you break through some of that stuff, some of that pride that is so prevalent here in this area. I pray, God, that some of these uh, ranchers and and, uh, good, hardworking German people, Lord, that help them, Lord, to, to realize that this is not a weakness to say that they're sorry, but it's a strength. 
And I, I just pray that you help us to find that within all of us, to, to not take ourselves seriously, to learn to laugh at ourselves, to learn to poke fun at ourselves, and to ask forgiveness from others and from you. I just pray tonight in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, next Sunday night at 8.06 Mountain Time, Lord willing, we'll be back on for another Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Until then, good night. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.